Welcome to On the Hard Days, a podcast for mothers seeking community and support from those who get it. What if I told you that you are the best mother for your child? What if I told you that despite all the challenges and hardships parenting brings, you already have within you the tools you need to form a strong, positive connection with your child? My name is Megan Champion, and I'm a mother of three young children. I'm also a longtime elementary school educator. Not long ago, I believed I was a bad mother. I believed I was unable to meet my child's needs. I believed that no one understood what I was going through. Finding myself as a parent changed my life, and now I'm on a mission to empower mothers everywhere. Join me as I unpack parenting challenges I've faced and provide practical strategies and takeaways you can use today. It takes a village to raise a child, but mothers need a village too. On the hard days, support is right here. On the hard days, you are not alone. Welcome. This is episode three, The Discipline Debate. I can't wait to get into this topic with you. But first, I wanted to tell you about this Facebook group that I started a few days ago. It's at On the Hard Days. And I wasn't sure how many women would be ready to show up and talk about and share their stories about raising challenging kids. And I was blown away by the amount of women who were ready with their hands raised, you know, saying, I have challenging kids, I am struggling, I need support, which of course is me. It's me. And it's astounding in both a good and bad way, I suppose. It's great that they, these women are ready, are ready to receive that support and ready to feel empowered. And I'm so glad that I can create that community for them. In addition, it's so telling that there are many, many mothers, possibly you listening right now, who are struggling, who have challenging kids, and who need that support. We all do. We all need support. We all need to be seen and heard and valued. And I was just struck, to be honest, about you know how fast this group grew and how everyone just jumped in right into the deep end sharing their thoughts, supporting each other. I mean, I could not be more pleased and surprised and astounded. And it's just a beautiful thing. This is why I'm doing this. This is the goal, the creation of the community, mothers supporting mothers. I'm all about it. If this group sounds good to you and you are looking for that community, you are in the right place. So on Facebook, again, it's at On The Hard Days. But I also have a community going on Instagram at On The Hard Days with a dot in between each word. And that crew is coming along too. It's it's just nice. It's just nice to know that it's not just me. You know, talking into this microphone, sitting alone in this room, and it's like, who is going to hear this? And what am I doing to help them? How is this going to be helpful to them? It's helpful to me. I'm venting. I'm sharing my experiences. I am tired of living this life alone without the world knowing. I'm ready to share. And so I'm just grateful 
for these mothers and these women who are coming forward and saying, you know, I'm here. Let's do this. So if that's you, I would love to have you in this community. Again, you can reach me on Facebook or Instagram or uh, on my website, ontheharddays.com. There's a few ways to get a hold of me. But for this episode, I want to talk about discipline. It's kind of a loaded topic. It's kind of a controversial topic, although I'm not sure why. Like, it shouldn't be to each their own, but it's kind of controversial. So discipline in our society, and I'm talking this day and age, I'm talking probably westernized culture, at least American culture, and I can't speak for other countries, but I have traveled a little bit and it seems similar in westernized countries where discipline is just taking a turn over the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years. It looks different than it used to, right? I think we could probably all agree on that. What it looks like now is basically there's two camps of people. And one camp is very much into a harder line of discipline, a tougher talk, cracking down, show them who's in charge, you're the boss, they're the kid, that sort of line. And then the other camp is more of positive parenting, but with a stereotype attached, very fluffy and child walks all over the adult and there's no authority and no control. And those seem to be the two main camps of discipline, but I would argue that those are the stereotypes of them, of course. I don't think that either of those camps, you know, really does those things fully. But yet the messages are there, right? The messages are there for parents. So when you first have a child, you're going to parent them the way you were parented. That's just kind of natural um, for the most part. I mean, there are exceptions to that, obviously, and perhaps you're parenting them the exact opposite of the way you were parented because you've made that conscious effort to do that. But for the most part, and certainly in my case, you're parented the way you were parented. And I had and have two very loving parents, caring parents, and they did a fabulous job raising me, if I do say so myself. But that didn't help when it came time to parent my own children, mostly because of Mr. Seven. I was an easy child, right? I have a sister. She was an easy child. No one prepares you for having a challenging kid. There's no book for pregnant mothers, like what to do when you're having a child who's going to drive you insane. Like, no, there's no book for that. Maybe there should be, but there's no book for that. How do you handle those challenging behaviors? How do you discipline? How do you regain control? How do you exert your authority? Well, there's different camps to try. Okay, so when Mr. Seven was really little and these behaviors really started cranking along, these outbursts, these meltdowns, of course, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, Please start at episode one (laughs) and go in order. Um, But he has and had these massive meltdowns and outbursts, and he just absolutely loses his marbles over the tiniest things, and these can go on for hours. 
it was really bad as a preschooler for him. He's now in first grade. It is better, better. I mean, he had multiple meltdowns this weekend. This is a, this is him. This is our life. But in preschool, it was really challenging because he, he still couldn't really verbalize too well. And I don't know. It just, it was tough, really tough. And so there comes that time when you have a challenging kid and they're acting out and it's like, okay, what do I do here? Inevitably, you ask for help. You consult the internet or you ask a friend or family members. And somewhere down the line, someone's going to say, well, you need to take charge. Like, you're the mom. Don't let them do that. Don't let them walk all over you. Put your foot down. You're not going to tolerate those behaviors and you need to let them know. Okay, so here's what happens when I tried that. (laughs) So my youngest, Mr. Four, if I say, Mr. Four, I don't like the choice that you're making right now. If you don't make a different choice, then X, Y, and Z is going to happen. You know what Mr. Four says? Okay, that's it. He moves on. It's a breath of fresh air and I never thought that that was possible in a child until my third and my last. If you were to say something like that to a spirited child, a strong-willed child, a highly sensitive child, an anxious child, a differently wired child, I could go on and on because all of those are my son, Mr. Seven would say no, right? And he would yell and he would scream and he would get aggressive. It never worked. It put me in my place so fast, even as a mother of a preschooler, to say to him, you know, hey, I'm in charge. Like, let me be the boss. I'm going to tell you what's going on. He just was able to shut that down immediately. And then came the shame. How could you let your preschooler shut you down? How could you let them control the situation? Right? It, it gets worse from there. You even feel worse about yourself as a parent, or at least I did. It didn't sit right with me, and it didn't work. It didn't work. Now, if I'm raising a bunch of Mr. Fours and I say, I'm in charge. I don't like the choice you're making. You need to make a different choice. This is what I need you to do. And he goes, okay. Well, then, yeah, no wonder that discipline strategy works so well. People because that's an easygoing kid. But when you have a defiant child, essentially being defiant right back at them, I mean, those are two butting heads. Nothing good's going to come of that. But yet I tried that strategy and that type of mindset. It's really a mindset for years. It never worked. It still doesn't work. When Mr. Seven was probably about, I don't know, maybe four, there was a a time period in there where I kind of took a break from trying to be the dominant authority over him and instead completely switched gears and tried the term positive parenting. And positive parenting is a a, a lovely concept, really, um, really wonderful concept. When I tried to put it into play for my children, Mr. Seven walked all over me. It was like, allowing these behaviors. There was a lot of me trying to talk with him and reason with him and 
help him internalize things, that he was not ready developmentally to listen and internalize. So there'd be a lot of a softer tone and I don't like what you're doing. Let's talk about this. You know, I'm here to support you. I know this is hard for you. Let's try something else. And he would just scream no and fight and argue and become aggressive. Essentially, neither of these typical, stereotypical, I should say, discipline strategies worked on my son. And I think where I'm going with this episode is this. Those strategies that many, many parents use, typically one or the other, are backing you into a corner, in my opinion. You're backed into a corner because it's not just how you handle misbehavior or bad choices or disrespect and talking back and all the things. It's not just how you handle them. The discipline camps are ways of life. They are mindset challenges for moms and dads. And I have never been in the mindset of I'm in charge, sit down and be quiet type of thing. Not as a teacher, not as a mother. To my downfall, you know, we could talk about this in education as well, and I'm not going to, mostly because this is not an education podcast, but the same applies to teachers, you know, the way you exert your authority and your control over your students in order to get them to do what you want. It's never been me. And that means that my classroom has, in the past 14 years, sometimes been a little messy, right? It's, it's been a little messy. And if you were to walk in at any given time, you might not find a class of quiet, sitting still, hands folded, yes ma'am type of student behavior. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and say never, like never. Have you seen that? And it's just because I can't, I can't do it. It doesn't feel right. I don't believe in that. Who wants to be controlled like that? Nobody. Nobody. It doesn't matter your age. It just doesn't feel good. You feel stifled. You feel like you can't breathe. On the flip side, if you say, and I guess the teaching metaphor kind of works here. If you say, hey guys, you know what? Go ahead and do whatever you want. I'm here to support you. Let me know what you need, but I'm here. I can tell you right now that my fifth graders would have recess all day, every day. (laughs) And why not? If I'm allowing that and letting them figure it out and letting them make those, those choices, well, a few students might be able to handle it. They'll know intrinsically, like, "Mm, probably shouldn't do that. I think this is the way I should focus my my time. But there's plenty of students who are not developmentally ready to make that kind of mature decision. And instead, they're going to go ahead and eat snack for seven hours and go outside. So in parenting, same thing. It just doesn't work. Neither of those things worked for me and they don't work for my son. So what do you do? And since I've kind of found myself as a mother in the last year, during COVID, like I'm a completely different person on the inside, I've stopped trying to put myself in a box. I have stopped trying to force myself to act in a certain way that I feel that one, other people would approve of, and two, 
society approves of. Like, I'm done with that. Back to the teaching metaphor. In education, all teachers would agree that good teaching is about meeting the needs of your students where they are at, right? And supporting them where they are at in whatever ways they need. Now, teachers, we struggle due to financial or I should say lack of financial support, lack of resources, lack of time. That's another story for another podcast. But the intentions are there. All teachers want the best for their students. We know that we need to meet those students where they are at, whether it's reading levels or math abilities or critical thinking skills, whatever, organizational skills. We have to meet them where they're at. Well, the same goes for our own children. How can we say, I'm a mother of three children, and what works for Mr. Four is when I say, this is what I need from you, I need you to make this choice, or your consequence will be, okay, and off he goes. That will work for him. That's not going to work for Mr. Seven. So when there's all of this debate around discipline, And there's judgment around discipline. Oh my goodness, is there judgment? You go into a restaurant, you see a child misbehaving. I mean, I've totally done it, especially before I had kids. It's like, I'm the first to raise my hand and say, I have done this. Kid is having a meltdown in a grocery store. Kid in a restaurant is on a phone. Oh my gosh, I have judged so hard. And I feel terrible now because, first of all, who was I to judge what another decision, you know, a mother has made? But not only that, but I don't know the background. I don't know if that child needs a a five-minute break. I don't know if they earned that time from making good choices that day. Who knows? Who cares, really? But the discipline strategy that you choose with your children, especially if they are challenging kids, they're tough kids, and they're the ones who give you a run for your money, those kids, you don't need to back yourself into a corner. You get to do what works for you and your child. I mean, mind blown. Can you imagine doing what you think is right instead of what your family thinks is right, what your friends think is right, what society tells you is right? You don't have to listen to that. You get to make your own decisions. And that's that empowerment that I did not have a year ago, and that I'm here now ready to climb the tallest mountain and scream from the top so that everybody can hear. This is about empowerment, and this is about connection, positive connection. So if you are disciplining your child in a way that does not feel authentic to you, and it's not working for your child, then it's time for a new plan. I have had classes of students before where they needed different versions of myself. For example, um, I've had quieter classes where I could kind of be my soft-spoken self and they hear me and it fits me and it fits them and it works. I've had other classes who are more talkative and more social and have required me to bust out some out-of-the-box, outside-my-comfort-zone management strategies like dancing on chairs and singing and chants and all those things. 
that didn't really feel like me, but it worked for them. And I didn't really, you know, I didn't have to compromise who I was in order to guide them towards success. It's just, it it wasn't my natural form. Again, the same goes for parenting. If one of my children really requires a countdown, such as Miss Seven, who really stalls at bedtime and has a really hard time getting ready for bed, she now will say to me, can you count me down for each thing? Like, okay, Miss Seven, you have 10 seconds to put on your pants. I mean, if I don't say that, an hour will go by and she will still not have pants. But if I count to 10, she's got them on in six seconds. Like, what on earth? But that is a strategy that works for her, right? Now, discipline? I mean, what is discipline anyway? The whole, the word itself is kind of loaded and it's old fashioned. I think what's happening here is that people feel judged. Moms feel judged. Moms get judged. Dads get judged. And it causes you, or at least it caused me, to act in a way that did not feel natural. Now, again, I tried positive parenting, which did feel more natural to me, but the way that I was implementing it, Mr. Seven just walked all over me. And there's nothing wrong with positive parenting. And I loved the message and I loved the idea. And perhaps I was just doing it wrong, so to speak. But it it didn't work. But neither did laying down the law. And so what does work, finally, the answer (laughs) to my problem, what does work for Mr. Seven is a combination of understanding and firmness in terms of, I hear you. I'm so sorry you feel that way. I understand where you're coming from. Let's have a hug. What do you need? And on the flip side, some firmness to say, and now it's time for washing our hands for dinner. And now it's time to practice piano take a shower, whatever. It's this combination. And he can tell that I'm not being fake with him. He can tell that I'm not just reciting lines with him. He's super sensitive to that sort of thing anyway, and he reads right through people. So he can tell that I'm genuine, and it works. It works for him. Now, does that mean he doesn't make Poor choices sometimes. Well, he certainly does. And does that mean he doesn't have consequences? No, of course he does have consequences. But for me, consequences that make sense to him are more natural consequences versus, I don't know, taking dessert away or something. Natural consequences make sense to him and therefore he's less likely to throw a fit after receiving a natural consequence and and just kind of internalize that this is what has to happen. And sometimes, if you have a spirited, highly sensitive, differently wired kid, they beat themselves up and you don't really need to do anything. And that's kind of hard, actually, to be honest with you. So let me give you an example because this just happened tonight. It was his turn to be snuggled for bed, Mr. Seven. So I do, was my night to do all the bedtime stuff. And I did one kid at a time in terms of tucking them in and snuggling up for a few minutes. And it was Mr. Seven's turn. He was second in line. 
He was building Legos downstairs and waiting for me to call him. And when I called him, he said, no, I'm not coming. I'm not ready. So at that point, you know, what can you do? There's a few things. Go down there and raise my voice. And I said, it's time to go. You need to come up the stairs right now. Or I could do the whole counting down thing, which doesn't work, but yet we still do it on occasion and it never works. Not for him. It works for Mr. Four. It doesn't work for him. You know, when I, if I, I'm counting to five and then what, like, what are you going to do? So that doesn't work. If I say, you know what, Mr. Seven, take the time that you need. I can see you're having a great time. Come up when you're ready. I'll see him tomorrow. Like I'll see him for breakfast. That's not going to work either. So for him, it's just this trial and error see what works. So what I did was I stayed upstairs and I waited. I waited a few minutes. About three minutes later, I called down the stairs again, Mr. Seven, let's go. It's time. Finish that step you're on. He was doing one of those Legos with directions. So he is passionate about Legos. That's like his thing. And he was almost near the end of his creation no, no, I'm not done yet. No, I'm not ready. I'm not coming. I'm not coming. Oh boy. Wait a few more minutes. And then I went down. And at that point he was past the point of no return and frustrated and, but I need help. I need help with this piece. I can't figure this out. Now, sometimes I'll say, all right, I will help you with this thing. And then we're going to bed. But tonight I knew because I know my kid that his tone was already borderlining, borderlining? Is that even a word? Borderlining hysteria. Like he was almost at hysteria (laughs) and I hadn't even gotten him up the stairs yet. So by me helping him, it's actually going to do the opposite of calming him down. It's going to prolong the inevitable, which is he has to go to bed. So I guided, I kind of had to scoop him up and guided him up the stairs. So he was screaming the whole way. As we're going up the stairs, he's saying, my, my brain doesn't feel right. This just feels weird. Something feels wrong. I need to be down there. My brain is telling me I have to go finish those Legos. And that's where I come with the, the empathy and, okay, buddy, I know. I know you want to finish those Legos as I guide him to bed. You know, I hear you. I'm not helping you with those Legos right now. It will wait till morning. It's this combo. It's this combo, combo of firmness and, and empathy of of I'm in charge, but like not with an iron fist. Like you don't have to do that. And it can just be, this is what's happening. Factual. This is what's happening. So we get him into bed. I get him into bed and he's still thrashing. And it's not exactly a snuggle for the ages. It's not exactly a bonding moment. And that's okay. But I stay for a few minutes. And he's still flopping around in bed and crying And then he goes from, my brain feels like I need to work on Legos, to, I had a bad day yesterday, today. I had a bad day today. I had a bad day yesterday. I'm having a bad week. And then that turns into, like within a 10 second span, he went from, I want to work on my Legos to, I have a bad life and I wish I was a different person. It's like, okay, you're seven. What do you mean a different person? I don't know. I just want to be different. I I just want to be different. I'm not having a good life. I'm not happy. Every day is bad. And it's that, you know, that's hard to hear. That is hard to hear. This is not the first time I've heard this from him. 
I am taking him seriously. I am taking him at his word, but at the same time, he is seven. He does fixate on negative. He does focus on everything that went wrong in a day and has a hard time remembering what went right. And if I mention what goes right when he's already grumpy, then he just denies it. Anyway, I watch him day to day and he has great moments. No one has perfect days, but that doesn't make him feel better. He wants everything that happens in a day to live up to his high expectations of perfection. He is a perfectionist and he is anxious and, you know, that's just how he is. So as he's lying there in bed and crying and thrashing around and saying he hates his life and wishes he was a different person, and this came from me not letting him finish his Legos, it's like, what kind of discipline could I impose on him that would be worse than what he's doing to himself right now? And the answer is nothing. I mean, what are my options? I hear you're saying you're having a bad life, and by the way, this fit you're throwing, you just lost screen time tomorrow. You just lost X, Y, and Z. Like, what good is that going to do? And so sometimes with differently wired kids, maybe all kids, kids in general, just wait a few minutes before reacting. You know, just if you can, you know, kind of bite your tongue, they may come full circle on their own. And of course, I don't want him to think he's having a terrible life. I also knew he was exhausted. And he does say these things sometimes. And I know we have an uphill battle coming our way as he gets older. And I intend to fill this battle with therapy and, you know, counseling, whatever he needs. But this is how he talks when he's upset. And maybe he's onto something, to be honest. Time will tell. But when he says things like, I want to be a different person, I don't think he has the words yet. He's too young. But down the road, I wonder if what I'm going to hear is something like, I wish I fit in like other kids. I wish I played sports and was more athletic like other boys. I wish I had more friends. I wish I was more social. I wish I was less anxious. These are things I think we're going to face down the road. But he's not there yet, at least not verbally, but he could be thinking things like that, you know? And that's way more damaging than any treat or screen time I could take away. So what's my job in that moment? He was fresh. He was rude. He he fought against me as I guided him up the stairs. I mean, kicking and thrashing. He's seven years old. I had to hold tight. He's going to, you know, push us both down the stairs. But When he's saying things like that, I have one job at that point, and that is connection and understanding. He's already miserable. There's no need to drive that home. When you're miserable and you're upset, you are looking for someone to offer that hug, someone to say, hey, it's okay that you just bit my head off. Like, I'm still here for you. I still love you. We all need that. And so certainly kids do. So that's what I did tonight. Nothing. I did nothing. I didn't take screen time away. I didn't take a dessert away. I didn't lecture him. I just said, you know what, buddy? I'm sorry that you feel that way. I think you have a great life, but if you don't, tomorrow, let's talk about it. Maybe we can come up with some ways to make your day-to-day better. And he likes that. That's helpful for him. We might not come up with an actual plan, but the fact that I'm willing to is what he needs to hear. So all in all, when you go to discipline your children, I, I, I don't, again, I don't even like the word, but can we just take the word out? When you go to parent, when you go to parent your children, 
do what feels natural to you and what meets your child's needs. Do not listen to critics. Do not feel pressured by other people saying what you should be doing. If you want them to turn into a responsible adult, they need to whatever. How are they ever going to learn if you don't teach them now? All that sort of talk. I'm sure you've heard it. I've heard it. You don't need to do those things. You are in charge. You are the mother. And as your child's mother, you get to make those decisions with no grief about it. And if you get grief, you do your very best to tune it out, which can be very hard, but in the long run, it'll be worth it. If you right now are struggling with discipline, that word I don't really like, doesn't fit what I mean, then I would suggest for one day, you try something different. I can't tell you what that is. It's probably going to be the opposite of what you're already doing or somewhere in the middle between the two. Try something different. Try a different technique. My child won't listen. My child keeps screaming. And you know, mine still does. So it's not like I have the answers here. I'm no parenting expert. I just know what I know and what I see and what I'm living. But try something different. See what happens. I would love to know. Shoot me a DM on Instagram. You can email me on the hard days at gmail.com. Go to our Facebook group. There's a million different ways. I would like to hear what you tried. Tell me what's different. And did it work? Air quotes on work. Like, what does work even mean? Did it stop the behavior? I can't stop my son's behavior. So in that sense, I guess I fail every time. It's not about stopping the behavior. It's about coming to an understanding with your child where they feel heard and seen. And when they feel heard and seen, it might not happen overnight. It might not even happen in a year. But over time, they will build inner confidence in themselves because of your love and support for them. And when that happens, they may start to make different choices. And at least that's what I'm hoping for Mr. Seven. So please reach out. I want to know, what did you do differently in your parenting strategy today? What did you try differently for discipline or consequences? How did you speak in a different way to your child when they were doing something you didn't like? How did you support them? How did you show up for them? How did you bridge that connection? I would love to hear. That is my discipline debate. There is no debate. The debate is wrong. Do this or do this. No, do neither. Do you. Do what's best for your child. There is no debate. And if someone wants to argue with you on that or judge you for that, just know your child. You are the mother for your child that your child needs. The partnership between you and your child was meant to be. So guide them in the way that feels right in your own gut and your heart. And that will be what works. Might take a while, but it will be what works. I'm so grateful that you joined me today and are supporting my mission of bringing mothers together. You can find me on Instagram at on the hard days with dots in between each word and on my website onthehardays.com. I'd also love for you to join our active Facebook group where we talk more specifically about challenges our children are facing. That group is at on the hard days as well. 
And if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. This will allow even more mothers to find us and join the community. Thank you so much. Mm